0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Betham, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session with TBA Rabbinic intern Cheva Lerman.
1: We're starting Parshat Vayakhel And the first five sources on this sheet all have one word in common. Um, so the first one, the first source here, these are all from this week's Parsha. Right, we're talking about bringing, take from among you gifts to God. Anyone whose heart is so moved shall bring them gifts for, for Adonai, gold, silver, and copper. But I will warn you that English is not going to be very helpful for you in answering my first quiz question, which is what is the word that these all have in in common? Next source. And let all among you who are skilled come and make all that Adonai has commanded. Ya'el, can you read the next source for us? We're just going to go through all five of them and then we'll go back and review.
0: Veholasher nadva rucho oto. Heviu et trumat adonai. Lim ohel moed. Ulechol avodato. Ulevigde hakodesh. Veyavou haanashim al hanashim. Kol nadiv lev. Heviu chach. Vanezem vetabaat vehumaz kol zahav ish asher Tnufat zahav l'adonai and everyone who excelled in ability and everyone whose spirit was moved came bringing to adonai an offering for the work of the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the sacral vestments men and women all whose hearts moved them all who would make an elevation offering of gold to adonai came bringing broo- brooches earrings Rings and pendants, gold objects of all kinds.
1: Thank you. Uh and can we have a reader for the the fourth one? It's written in very fine print here, Exodus thirty five, twenty nine. Or actually I'll just jump in for this and then we'll get into discussion. So um Kol Ishva isha asher nadav libam oto la vi le Asher ashert sivaronai la asot beyadmashe he viu vine israel nedava ladonai. Thus, the Israelites, all the men and women whose hearts moved them to bring anything for the work that Adonai through Moses had commanded to be done, brought it as a free will offering to Adonai. So we're clearly in this moment of building the Mishkan, and uh, and everyone is bringing things. They they're bringing their skills and they're bringing their beautiful belongings. Has anyone picked out what the Hebrew word is that's uh, consistent across all of these? Yes. Yavo, yes, that's true, um, and, and and Lev. So Nadiv is across some of them, but not all of them. Um, right. So Nadav is in the last one, but Yavi is not. Um, Joey, do you mind using the microphone? Uh, Tiruma and Tirumat. Also a common one, not in all of them, but in many okay. of them. Yep. Um, so we're going to go back to, to Marshall's point of Lev um it's too bad rabbi klickfeld's not here when we're speaking about his son's name uh-huh. uh but um but lev is in each of these right in the first one we have it with uh everyone who's is this translation says heart is so moved uh nadiv means generous right so everyone who is generous of heart um but then in the next verse uh which is five verses later we're going from. Exodus 35.5 to Exodus 35.10. Uh, all among you who are skilled. So is is of wise heart as literal translation. Um, then we have we go back to uh, we say uh, in the next verse, Right? So now we have a different usage of lev, right? That he Essentially, lifted up his heart is the literal translation of this. And the JPS translation is excelled in ability. So we have heart being used in several different, in euphemisms for different things, right? We have skill (coughs) in two different forms and generosity. And then in the same verse, it also says, uh, Asher nadva So in this case, it's talking about generosity, but instead of saying nadiv lev, generosity of heart, it says, not like generosity of his spirit, right? So we have several different versions of of heart and spirit and different ways of saying skill and different ways of saying generosity. Um, Why, how do you think of heart in American parlance um, kind of euphemistically? If we talk about what does the heart service and Marshall, I see your hand if we can get the microphone down.
2: Well, in English parlance, it's thought of as the seat of emotion. But in Biblical Hebrew, it's the sort a seat of intelligence, I believe.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. So um, we need to make sure that we keep this in mind when we're thinking about generosity, especially when we're talking about Nadiv Lev, right? Because when we're talking about Chacham Lev, that this is the wisdom of the center of the intellect, and that that is the way of describing somebody's, somebody being very skilled in something, it makes sense, right? That Lev would be something for intelligence, skill. They're very good at what they at their craft. But what does it mean to have the center of the intellect be described as the center of generosity, right? Because often we think of generosity as something that comes from the heart in our modern American way of saying it, right? Something that comes from the heart, like emotionally, that we have an open heart and we give freely. Um, So we're not actually going to answer that question right now, um, but we're going to continue onwards and just hold that question in our minds. Um, All the ways that people are coming to offer their skills and their belongings, how would you describe the model of generosity? We're skipping down. There's a, a set of questions on the bottom of the third page, top of the fourth. How would you describe the model of generosity that's being proposed here um, the large uh, relatively large uh, set of sukim above this question essentially says that people were giving so much that it was too much and Moses had to say stop <laughs> like
2: problem at
1: huge problem at Bethon people are too giving
0: <laughs>
1: and um, and so you know that God willing everyone should be blessed with such a problem um, So they're giving so much that Moses says you must stop. How would you describe this model of generosity? Voluntary, okay? Um, Note also the questions on the top of page four, it got split. Um, Universally applicable or only for Jews? Because we're building the Mishkan here, so what does that mean? And does it matter to which cause one gives? But we'll hold that for a sec. Is this universal or is this Jewish specific? Sorry, Joel? Not universal
2: other nothing to do with other peoples that isn't like the, the red cross that would help anybody if there's a tragedy
1: mm-hmm. why is the mishkan specific to jews i'm sorry why is the mishkan specific to jews
2: because of their relationship to god and this, so it says V'asuli mishkan they make a mishkan for me and i will dwell with them so it has to do with our being close to god
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does anyone have a different take on whether the mishkan is just for jews or a way of connecting with god is just for jews can we pass the mic back or- but
3: you know they just screwed up with the calf right so jewish guilt now looks like it's in operation
1: <laughs> you're all ahead of me and providing all the segues before we get there so let's jump forward I didn't even uh- <laughs> shoot read ahead. You didn't? Did you really not read ahead? Okay. Well, wait. Leave the mic there and go ahead and read. Um, So this next pasuk or set of pasukim is uh, is not from this week's parsha. It's from the parsha we read this morning, which now would be last week's parsha.
3: We're up to what? What? Where we are?
1: Aaron said to them, "You men, take off gold rings."
3: (laughs) Aaron said to them, "You men, take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me." And all the people took off the gold rings that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then he took from them and cast in a mold and made it into a molten calf. And they, ex- and they exclaimed, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt.
1: Thank you. Is this a model of generosity? No. Say more. Aaron is demanding of them that they give their gold, right, As in response to the anxiety that they expressed and, uh, and taking from them. Did God command that the Israelites also give of their own skill and, and belongings for the Mishkan? No, there were, for the Mishkan? No. Did, did God, did God command, right? That the Mishkan be built of beautiful things from the community. Okay. Okay. Alan.
3: This raises just a very interesting question. If all the gold that they had in their ears and everything else went to the to the to the uh the golden calf what gold was left to go to the mishkan and that lays you know <laughs> and some say maybe earlier and what have you but it's um it's, it's aaron, an it's, it's, more than one. well it's just the ears and the rings what other gold you know what other gold did they have if they were making what was going to be supposedly yeah. their image of god that aaron was doing it's amazing aaron you know the rabbis do everything they can to make Aaron look good. But when you look at the plain shot, it looks like he wasn't so good and get this done. Aaron didn't oh, yeah. say
2: bring me all your gold. He your gold
1: your he, yeah, so Aaron said only bring uh, me your rings and your I'm gold. Okay, one you second. You. Sandra and then Irv. So, mm. right. Bring whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you want. Right, right. Thing so, thing so, um, so right. I was like, I was, I was like... <laughs> right, exactly. And and that idea that that God commanded that the Mishkan... Brought and gave instructions, very clear instructions. But then each person brought of their own free will. Um, I'll actually invite you to check back at the uh, the pasuk at the bottom of page two. Um, Thus, the Israelites, all the men and women whose hearts moved them to bring anything for the work that Adonai through Moses had commanded to be done, brought it as a free will offering. It's right? So this is so it's exactly what you're saying is that it is both commanded and free will. But how do we hold all of that but irv you were going to say something earlier yeah, yeah I,
3: that aaron was making the golden calf as a way of dealing with the people's fears of everything else mm-hmm. uh so it was really like a diversion of uh you know the idea of having him do something they probably didn't want to do to keep them keep them focused on on uh, staying together rather than just saying oh boy Moses is gone, we're left here to starve in the desert, right? That's Mm -hmm. the situation they were in before the Mm golden. The golden calf was, my understanding, Aaron, was it was a good thing because it was like a way that kept the people from doing something worse. Didn't they kill her who was trying to stop them from the mob before the calf?
1: Yeah, yes. We're going to put put that story aside. You could
3: straighten it out for me. (laughs)
1: Um, What I want to pick out from what you're saying is um, that Aaron was assuaging the anxiety of the Israelites, right? Like that's how the the rabbinic understanding is that Aaron was kind of stuck and didn't have any good option of what to do in that moment, right? So that what undergirds that comment is that intentionality matters when it comes to generosity, right? That like we don't view this as an act of generosity of the heart of the soul of the mind because it's actually a giving out of anxiety right it's a giving out of a negative sp- mental space and therefore we don't hold that up as a model um was are there any other comments before we move forward to this idea of how guilty they were feeling in this moment yes right yeah so she's saying do you want the mishkan to be built from a place of you know guilt anxiety obligation or should it it should be holier that it would be built from a place of love and free will and and love for god yeah Yes, Fran, and oh, sorry, Joey and then Fran. Yeah. Well, like with the golden calf, that wasn't that was just beyond simple uh, anxiety or whatever, it's blasphemy. It is blasphemy. Right. Right. So we have a problem of both intentionality and result. Right? right. Means neither means nor end are justified there. Right. Yes. Um, okay. OK, Fran. Are you comfortable with the microphone? Or... OK, great. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to repeat that for the folks on Zoom so okay. they can hear it. So you were saying that they that some days you feel more generous and some days you feel less generous and like that's just being human. Yeah. And it would be a little preposterous to assume or ask that everybody feels maximally generous right when we ask them to. Right? Well, and right. Miracle of this moment that everyone brings yeah. their that- of their pure yeah. heart. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely aspirational. Yes, Joel and then we're going to, uh, Joel and Marshall, and then we'll move on. As far as
2: I know, in the days of the Torah, there was no internet and no email. And we are in such a different position. We get so many emails asking us for money, and all of these are good causes. There's an earthquake in Turkey, you know, can we help? We have a need in our own synagogue, can we help? There's Jews who are hungry, there's Holocaust. We get 20, 30, 40 emails a week asking us for money, and I'm not even mentioning the political ads, asking to support candidates. So it's, it's it's such a different kind of thing where you had one function there, one thing to give to, and now when you talk about generosity, you have to ask, but but to what extent do I give something for everybody that I don't have any money left for myself? So it's, it's it's a much more of a conundrum, I think, today.
1: Yes, yes. It was While you pass the mic, I'll just say one of the most uh, powerful uh, experiences of generosity that I've ever received was when I was backpacking the Appalachian Trail. And people would not be asked, they would just come out to Trailheads and cook us meals or leave boxes full of sodas or whatever it was. And it's called trail magic. Like there's a term and a practice of this all along the the 18th. It was so cool. (laughs) And you know, it was Yeah, I mean, it does involve sleeping in the woods for six months, but that's a different story. Um, So but, you know, th- this idea of when people give without... Shava, Yes.
2: Uh, you said that I just have to know. Which direction did you go?
1: I went northbound.
2: And what months?
1: I Actually, the anniversary of my uh, start date was four days ago, uh, March 7th.
2: Oh, so nice. Because they also, you know, people would let you take showers. People would leave boots in libraries. I-, I mean, I get worked up about the trail, but I'll stop now.
1: We should talk later. <laughs> Marshall, uh,
2: actually, uh, Baxter and Rosenblatt from the Conservative Yeshiva sort of answered Alan's question about they donated all the if they uh, donated all the money for the Mishkan, how do they have enough for the Golden Cap? And so he, 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 taught, he she mentioned in Sifrei that which is rabbinic commentary on the book of I guess Devarim. Uh,
1: but, uh, no, Sifrei is Leviticus. Okay,
2: uh, she referenced here Sifrei, but. Uh, that basically one of the places that or Yisrael were in crossing over was called Dizahav, enough mm-hmm. enough gold. So they had both money for building the Mishkan and also for
1: that's great. So we're we're tight on time. Can you say it quickly? Okay. How that is a great point that these people probably would not have had much and and how um powerful it must have been to be able to give for the first time. Mm-hmm. And um, i mean there 's an interesting conversation on what what Abdu meant in in Egypt, but um it is such an empowering way to enter a relationship with god right that you that you have something to give God as well as all everything that they 're receiving from God you know everything that they received is um it is compelling. I appreciate that point so I just want to hold that point that we had earlier around intentionality matters and where things come from matters. I'm not going to read this full text, but I will invite you to read it later. Um, there's an excerpt from Arthur Green, Rabbi Arthur Green's uh, translation of the Svadamet um, on the bottom of, or bottom of page 4, top of page 5, um, where he talks about how uh, after the sin of the golden calf, they needed to give this offering. And he actually i would think that this would be a guilt offering right that like they're they're looking to expiate themselves of this horrible i mean really sin they've just committed um and instead rabbi green says by the act of giving they brought forth their own inner generosity their longing and attachment so that they were able to draw the Shekhinah into their midst and that's why the sanctuary is called the tabernacle of witness it bears witness that the shrinah dwells in Israel. So this ties actually really well to what you were just saying that there's um that it wasn't coming from a low place where they're not groveling before God. They're actually raising themselves up and saying like making themselves worthy of this relationship with God and making themselves worthy of having a mishkan of God in their midst. Um we're running out of time and uh I was talking to Alan beforehand about whether or not I had too many sources and I think this answers the question, uh, but uh, the we're, we're going to conclude here. The rabbinic material that follows, um, if you want to take this home and look through it later, is, um, is rabbinic discussion around where generosity sits in the hierarchy of Jewish values. And what does it mean to what are the other ways in addition to Nadiv Lev, uh, in addition to generosity of heart, that, the rabbis describe um, being a generous person. And in Pirkei Avot, we particularly see them describe it as a good eye. When you see something in Pirkei Avot say that he had a good eye, it means that he had a generous eye. And I love that because to me, generosity is not just giving um, kind of wantonly and blindly, but seeing a need and looking to fill it. So there's both the seeing and the intentionality of, you know, there is a role for me here. So I'll invite you to turn to the very last page. Um, this is from Bavli Sota. And Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi says uh, one may give a cup of blessing to recite the blessing of birkat Mazon only to someone with a good eye, a generous person. As it's stated, one who has a good eye will be blessed, Yavorach, for he gives of his bread to the poor. But The Gemara says, do not read Yevorach, will be blessed, rather read, will bless, Yevarech. And so someone with a good eye both is receiving blessing and is giving blessing of themselves.
0: You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts.